to you guys getting fed? Have you had a good time? Awesome. Hope you all return this weekend. But I want to give her all the time because I love, I love getting what God has from her. So without further ado, if you could please help me welcome Pastor Wendy Treat. Praise the Lord. That is, God is just good, huh? Okay, did you have a good time visiting and taking a little bit of time of talking about what God is doing in you? Good. Three of you did. That's always a good thing. Praise the Lord for that. I just believe we have a sign and wonder night tonight. So let's just press in and let the power of God really touch us. And, and really receive what God has for us. You didn't come here by accident. You didn't come here just because it's easy. I mean, come on now. It's Friday. Is it Friday night? Yeah. I mean, come on. What's on Friday night? Uh, mm, well, well, something. Something's probably on that you could have been doing tonight. And you're here instead. So I just really honor that. And I honor the fact that you're going to press in and receive what God has for you. And it's a good thing. I am going to be um, at, the, at, at the back, you know. I'll sign books, promise. But I might just keep signing. But I'm just saying that if you give me too many takes in my hotel, I might sign them, I might not. I'm not guaranteeing. So just get there fast. The power of prayer, hopefully you um, will really invest. Maybe, and it's kind of fun too, if a friend gets one, another friend gets another thing. I mean, get this for you or this. I'm just kind of talking about these again so I can move them. Um, Faith, um, boot stomping faith. I I really honestly love this. Oh, I I did talk about this. God's word for every circumstance. I noticed somebody had had already opened it, or maybe some of you have already got this. Is this just a brilliant thing to have? If you have anybody you know in college, get this and send it to them. Because they are bombarded with stuff. My niece is right here. She just came up to Whitman um, and just started her year. Do you know that in the first week, they they have a whole week of teaching them about all the sexual um, things that go on and how we, of course, love everybody and all the religions. And they really orientate them into all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, you know, Emma's been calling home, and I'm like, and be sure, Tasha, uh, Uncle Casey, and your mama, and we'll all talk to you along this process as you're in college. Because I'm like, you know, we want to equip our kids, but they are bombarded. And so this is something I know even my Tasha had this in her her book pack the whole time, and she was at a Christian university. But still, it doesn't matter. You've got all kinds of stuff that's going on there. So I would really uh, encourage encourage you invest in yourself and invest in somebody you know she's wisely i i personally love 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 listening to books it's just my thing i i read a lot uh, but i but i love listening and i wrote it upside down and uh <laughs> and uh um and then i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to the book in a minute but um break the silence you've been listening to a lot of the songs as you've been coming in if you have never heard it before i you like it huh um it is a great great cd i love come and abide now, some of you were at the Celebrate Conference because Shelby probably brought you up. Like, was it two years ago? And we had a very special song that we had written for Celebrate. It's on here also. We kind of put it on there that Tasha sings. It's just a song that if you just want to have that sense of, God, I just 
want to feel that, that, that coming into that presence with you. It's so powerful. Um, I'd rather have Jesus. These are all written by us. So you kind of go through, um, there's a couple that are kind of like wild, but one's unfailing love. Um, Jesus, my, oh, break the silence. Break, break, break. Uh, it's really, I always, I immediately go into my granddaughter's voice as soon as I start doing this because she sings them all. And um, she, I'm hoping that she's kind of sounding like she sings like her mom. I'm hoping that she moves over to her auntie. But, um, <laughs> I tease him all the time because my daughter-in-law is so not on key. And it's so fun because she'll come running into my house and she'll burst through the doors and she'll just sing wildly (laughs) off key. It is amazing. I just have to say, it's like, oh my goodness, the the goodness of God. I, I didn't mention this. You know, I have been married 37 years to the same guy. Same guy. And we met in Bible college. So we were very young when we met. We dated for a couple of years, but literally before, I mean, I am one of those kind of people that literally I saw him and I went, that's the guy that that's the guy I'm going to marry him. And there was a couple of things that, you know, that made me really absolutely know he was the guy. I called my mom, said, I'm going to marry this guy. I met him. And my mom goes, my mom says, well, oh, well, well, really? Well, who is he? I said, well, his name's Casey Tree. And she goes, well, what's he like? And I said, well, he's in a drug rehab right now. <laughs> And of course, my mom immediately fell in love with him. You know, she was like, oh, marry him. Absolutely. Today, Wendy. Yeah, she's like, are you kidding me? You know, but we did date a couple of years and it's, you know, it was great. You know, so, and then, and then we went to four years of Bible college and we started Christian Faith Center in 1980. So we have a campus in Federal Way. So if you kind of know the Seattle area at all, you fly into the airport or you drive whatever, but you fly into the airport. We're real close to the, to the SeaTac airport or one of our campuses. Then we have one up in Mill Creek, which is close to Everett. So we're right in that area. And then we have our third one, which is over on the peninsula, which would be in Gig Harbor area. So we're there and we're just loving it. And we've got some amazing people that have just been with us, some forever and some just a couple days. You know, you know, that's what church is all about is building the kingdom. We have three kids. I have a 30-year-old son. And can you believe it? He's 30. He's so old. I don't know how that has happened. Um, he was 10-10 when he was born. Yeah, I had that boy, 10-10. And uh, so he was a, he's an he's a amazing son. I mean, a miracle son, really a miracle son. We went through hell and came out into heaven. I'm just saying, praise the Lord. It's all good. Amen. I say that to really encourage some of you that really have a disheartened time, especially at different seasons and, and ages of your kids, that you have a sense of like, will, will my, you know, will my child walk with God and what is happening in my child's life? I, I was praying. I, I always love to pray with a youth family at church and stuff like that. And I was praying with a mom just the other day. And, you know, she says, but I don't understand. And I said, listen, we can believe God for a miracle. What you see on the outside is not What is reality on the inside? You know, when I was 14 years old, I was driving in the car. My mom was driving the car and we were, I I was in, do you remember, do any of you remember the Wenatchee Youth Circus? Do any of you, any of you, no, you don't, sorry. Well, anyway, it was really cool. I'm just saying, I was in it. 
Yeah, yeah. I did nothing but wash dishes, but please, I, I, I shouldn't tell you that. I should tell you I walked the high, high wire, but I didn't. I, I was only in for one year, but in which way, my, but we went down to California. The circus went down to California, and my mom and I was driving a car, and we had this amazing man of God in the car. So my mom was driving, and we had this man of God in the car, and he really was a real prophet. I mean, he was a really powerful man of God, you know, and, and, uh, and it was me, and I had my girlfriend in, in, in the back seat. So it was me and my girlfriend. And this, this guy at 14 years old, I was 14, this guy turned around to me and he just, you know how you would just turn around and look at the person that was it. And he put his little arm on the, on the, on the little thing and he turned and he goes, how are you with God? How is your relationship with God? Guess what I did? Don't, don't ask a teenager something if you do not want the response that they want to give you. I'm just saying, you know, and I'm sure he thought, well, you know, she's Virginia, it's Virginia's daughter. He'll, she'll be nice to me. I'm not sure what he thought, but what he thought he did not get because I was not a nice person and I did not have any compunction to be kind, be nice and use a nice voice. I was like, I looked at him and I had the ability to sneer like nobody's business you know, because I, I was in, I was in real separation even from my mom at that point. I was like, excuse me, excuse me, you know, and I crossed my arms. I glared at him like a teenager can do, you know, I mean, how many of you know that teenage glare that just kind of like, whoa, that scares me, you know, that teenager's glare. And I said, don't talk to me. If you want to talk, talk to her. And I just glared at him. And I, and I did not smile. I was not nice. I did not make the car at ease or at peace. <laughs> but you know something? I today am telling you that story. I'm today telling you that it affected me to my core. And so when a person looks, what they look like on the outside is not what is happening on the inside. It's not. We have to walk by faith, sisters. We have to walk by faith and believe God for things that we never think that are really true, but they are happening inside. Can you imagine the shame my mom felt at that moment? Can you imagine the embarrassment that she felt at that moment? This tremendous man of God, this man that she was so impressed with and really wanting to, you know, like, wow, look at how my daughter and blah, 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 how you wanted your kids to really be cool for you. And your kids are not always going to be cool when you want them to be cool and sometimes we do put undue pressure on that but oh my goodness it touched me in a way that just shook my heart and I and it it really did draw me but nobody saw that on the outside and I just really want to encourage you that you don't always see you don't always see in what's happening in your husband life you don't always see what's happening in your physical life you don't always see what's happening in your children's life you don't always see what's happening in your own life but when you walk by faith and not by sight we call all those things that be not as though they are. We see things in with supernatural eyes, not through the eyes of the natural, but through the eyes of faith. And some of you have people right now in your world and in your life that you are believing for salvation in their life. You are believing and you love them. You care for them, but you're looking at their actions and their actions scare the jeebies out of you. You know, you see, you see what they are doing, but let's believe God right now. Let's use our faith right now. How many of you know somebody and you love them? You care for them. 
You, 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 you are, you are just want them so badly to know Jesus. How many of you know somebody that's in your life, in your world, just like that father right now, we lift up our hands and each and every one of us that a hand that has a hand to lift. We are speaking of someone that we love God and we place them on your altar. We place him at that place of getting to really know you as Lord and savior. And we recognize God, you love them more than we do. You, you gave your son to die for them on the cross. But God, we right now stand in faith for that person that we are lifting up to the cross. We right now believe in faith for them right now that they'll come to know you as Lord and Savior. Right now, we speak to that person that we are lifting up. And we speak that right now that every good thing and every God thing that has happened in their life, every good God conversation, every good God moment in their life will be brought back to their memory. They'll wake up in the night and have the memory. They'll be driving down the street and remember that and have that memory. They'll be talking to somebody at their job and have that memory. They'll just have that constant sense of your love is drawing them in and bringing forth those memories. And God, we also don't stop there, but we believe for divine intervention, divine appointments, people that will speak to them of your love and your goodness. God, I thank you and I praise you. Everything that they have held against you, held against the church, God, that it will become very unimportant, that they begin to not even be able to remember it that it becomes very insignificant in their thinking. And the thing that becomes significant is that they really hunger to know you. And Father, we just thank you and praise you. And we just call glass as they walk in the... And we just speak that that slick road for them that they literally slide into the kingdom of God. Just sliding in Jesus' name. Come on, see them sliding right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I just see him right now. Just see, I mean, do you ever, do you visualize things? We just see him slide. Whoa. Whoa. They just kind of slide in to the kingdom of God. I just love that where there's just something. They're just pulled in by his love and by his goodness. And I just want to finish a little bit of this story because when Casey and I now are in Bible school and, and, um, and I, 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 that, that one person had always kind of stuck with me because I was so cruel to him. And, you know, I, I didn't really like it, but you know, that was just the way I was at the moment, you know? So I asked my mom, I said, mom, do you, do, uh, mom, mom, do you remember who that person was? And my mom goes, yeah. And I was like, well, do you, ha- do you happen to know? Because he wasn't in our area or anything like that. He goes, well, by the way, next weekend, he is going to be in our area. And I said, you're kidding me. I mean, years have passed since I was 14. And now I'm, you know, I'm probably about 22 years old. And I said, I'm gonna, I said, I'm going to go see him. I just want to go see him and say, saved. <laughs> saved, you know. So I went and got, so I went and saw him. Saved. You know, why well, you didn't know those years back when I slammed in your face, I'm saved and I'm, I'm traveling all over talking about that moment of time that you had courage enough to not sink under the seat when you were maybe embarrassed yourself, you know, and you might be embarrassed at times. You might like want to hold back. You might like feel like, oh my goodness, I really blew it right there. But you know what? Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost over that situation. Just pray and believe God for the more than enough. So any which way back a little bit of this. So Caleb, Caleb uh, is a, like, I really, I really want to encourage you because my, I mean, if anybody would not have walked with God, man, I, I thought a couple times in there, Caleb, you know, sneaking out and doing his thing. Oh, whatever. Driving like a maniac and he got in trouble a a little bit of times 
a few times. And, uh, and then, uh, then, I mean, the grace of God, his wife walked into our church, never been in church, and I wasn't raised in church. And she walked in, and, and here she comes, walking down the aisle. I was so happy. And anyways, so they've been married five years, and they have a little, uh, we have our, our granddaughter, she's three. And then our Tasha, she is uh, the redhead that sings. It's just, a, I just adore, I adore, adore all my kids, but you know, I just, I love having her. And uh, when she was born, she was 10, 8. She came in a little smaller. And, uh, you know, 10, 10, 10, 2, they go downwards. They, they got smaller. And when she was born in the middle of the night, she was born very fast. And I don't have the book with me, but I do have a book called Positive Childbirth. So you can order that. It is a, it's done, it is pretty encouraging. It will really build you up because there was nothing that I could find, you know. So anyway, she was, she was born in the middle of the night <clears throat> in one hour. And so anyway, so I'm sitting on our couch at home. Casey delivered her. So any which way. I'm, I'm holding her, but it was, it was dark and it was, you know, we didn't turn all the lights on really bright. So it was really still dark. And as the, as the morning came on, all of a sudden, as the morning came on and the light started to shine and I looked down and I went, Oh, I've got a redheaded daughter. God really loves me. I knew that God loved me more than anybody else. And that, see, the thing is when I was in high school, I told my mom and dad, I'm marrying me a redhead. You know, I know that's odd, but I did, and I got him, and I wanted a girl just like it. So I got the girl. I knew the first would not be red. I knew the second would be. Well, I didn't know. I had hope, and I had dreams, you know. And then, and she's married to beautiful Moses Masita. He's from South Africa, amazing, beautiful man. He's on staff, too, at Christian Faith Center, our, our pastor at our Mill Creek campus over our youth and young adults. And then, and then our Micah is uh, 26 years old, and he's in the Army. Yeah, he's not married. <laughs> <laughs> and all week this week he's been doing field exercises which means it's so funny because he has to go out in the field he's an intelligence so they have to set up everything and then they have to tear it all down and they have to sleep out there and, and so his dad goes well how are you sleeping he goes dad to tell the truth i sneak off and sleep in my truck and i'm like what he says it's permissible but um but he is sleeping outside this week and so but he's in the army doing good down in colorado we miss him of course but but each one of them i just want to give a little testimony that but each one one of them have their own uh, journey that they've had to walk, their own story that is their story also in which they've had to become who God has called them to be. And I just want to encourage every mom, every grandma, every sister, every person that really you love people and you, you pray and you believe God that as they're walking through the story, that the reality of Jesus becomes more and more evident in their life. And that we really pray and we believe God for God to really have a place in each and every one of them. So, you know, that's just been a blessing of the Lord. I mean, it's, it's just an amazing, so really the season of my life is very different than it was. You know, when we started off, I mean, golly gee, and like I'm, you know, we started off for seven years, didn't have kids and then we had kids and now I'm on the other part of the seven years, this other, now this other part of not having them and really enjoying the next part in what God has for me. I can say this, you know, like I love being a Christian, and I love that I have the privilege of loving Jesus and walking in the power of God's word. But there are a few things that I think are keys of success, and it sounds so simple to even put it that way. And you know, and but but I think the most simple things are some of the things that maybe sometimes we jump over and we maybe forget. So I literally want to talk about some of the things that I believe are the most simple, simple things for each and every one of us to really get hold of and remind ourselves of. Now, I've talked about one of them, but I want to kind of go in this one direction too, is number one, a key of really walking in that path 
staying in your path that God wants you to have, driving down the freeway of your success is to really know who you are and to love you. And I'm just going to give you the, the scripture, uh, Matthew 22 and verse, right? Oops. That's so funny. I was trying to find, oh, it, I got it myself. I went in the, my Bible. Stop it. I had it all set up and then I, and then I was looking for that trophy scripture and I got myself set. I can't, fi- I can't find that trophy scripture. You're going to have to tell me it again. So anyway, Matthew 22 and verse 38, love, love, love. This is the first and great commandment. Matthew 22 and verse 38, write this down. This is a first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. I'm like, hello, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now this goes right back to the pathway of Galatians 6, 3 and 4. That examine yourself and to rejoice in yourself alone. But it gives it again another scripture that strengthens the understanding. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, the problem with us is that we haven't been loving ourselves. So we're not able to love our neighbor. We're not loving people very well because we look in the mirror of ourself. We look in the mirror of our gifts and talents. We look in the mirror of our personality type. We look in the mirror of how we look physically. We look in the mirror of our giving and our generosity. We look in the mirror of our attitudes and our ways. We look in the mirror of the culture in which we've come or the age in which we are. And we judge ourselves unworthy. We are judging ourselves so often unworthy, constantly. It's like, I don't like this. I don't like that. This isn't good enough. This isn't, I'm not smart enough. And I have to just say, man, we have to really examine ourselves. And then there has to come a place inside of us that says, thank you, God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you that, you know, like there are different types of different personalities. And I think sometimes when you don't realize that there are different types of of persons that God on purpose has put on the earth, we always look at another personality type and go, God, I really like that one. That's like a tulip saying, I want to be a daisy. You know, that's like like a zebra saying, I want to be a horse. Now, there's a similarity in a zebra and a horse, but there's a difference. And too many of us, we are, we're, not, we're, we're not really recognizing, really, what am I? And so we cannot love our neighbor because we will not love ourselves. And if you cannot applaud the personality type that you are, then you always have to look and you have to judge the other one. You have to pull it down just a little bit because it's just the nature of the flesh to rise up to make sure that nobody is above. And it's just, I just really want to encourage us that we will really go, okay, you know, my, I love to, I, I love to use the example that my baby sister, um, uh, who is beautiful and my parents adopted her when I was 11 years old. I, it was the greatest gift my parents ever, ever gave me in all of my life is they adopted my baby sister because she is by far, I mean, she's, a, she's my sibling that I really live life with. She's one of my pastors on staff. We, we, we just are the best of pals and I'm so gifted that. That, that really they adopted her. I'm like, thank you. Because all my other siblings, I'd give up for the one. You know, you know. 
Okay, whatever. Don't say, don't record that. Okay, beep, go backwards. And uh, but but the thing about it that's so dramatic and different is that I was a little kid, literally, because of being in the denomination we were. We would live in in any one location was like one to five years that you lived in a place, and then you moved, and you always had to move the day after school. So one of their moves was in the second grade. From so we moved the day after first grade. We moved to the new city. So that means you don't know anybody, right? So we live in this little neighborhood. Now, mind you, I'm the third of the five now that are born because Jill wasn't yet born. So the, I'm the third of the five. I'm not the oldest. I'm the third. So so we determined, all of us determined, all of us, well, actually, Gina couldn't walk in. She was too little. So there was four of us. Us four decided we were going to go door knocking to find us some new friends. <laughs> So what we would do, us four, all, we were all we were all ready, and we went door. We would go to a door. We'd knock on the door, and we say, "Hi, we're new in the area, and we're looking for new friends. Do you have any kids that live between the age of this and this?" And guess who did all the talking? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even the oldest. You know, and my oldest sister is a school teacher for all of her life, so she doesn't have any problem. My second one is a big money manager. He doesn't have any problem. And my brother is a pastor, the one that's younger than me. But guess who did all the talking? Me. So, I, I, um, so I've never had a problem with really, I love, I cannot, there's not a person that I do not meet that I don't have just a great time of figuring out just different fun stuff about their life. I love to ask questions and I love to be around people. And so, but, but really that's just a part of God, you know, like, like God, put that part within me and I've had the joy of letting it get bigger so I, I've been become more courageous with it and use it to I hope lift people up but my baby sister Jill is by far almost the opposite she is a very strong meditative personality I mean I have learned through the years that I'll have okay Jill what about this what about this and 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 I'd like you to think about this and then I want to do this and then I want to do this what do you think well, I realized that is like, that is like, that's how she reacts to me and she's safe with me. And I have learned through the years, instead of acting like that, I'll go, Jill, I have some ideas. I'd like you to think about them. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, call me when you think about it and you have an idea. And it will be a day, two, three, four, five, six, seven days later where I have totally forgotten that I even asked her the question. And she will call me up and she go, oh, I've been thinking about what you said and I have some thoughts and I have some ideas. And then she will proceed to blow me away with her wisdom. Because she has a different bent and a different way. And yet too many of us you know, that have maybe that bent of personality. Oh, I don't know. I just am quieter than other people. Yeah, because there's a bent about you that you should enhance. Now, now, mind you, Jill's the lead of my Tuesday night women's Bible study. She is the leader. She's the MC. She gets up every single week um, and, and she organizes and runs it and does everything. Because why? She uses that meditative. A meditative personality does not mean that they cannot stand up and be in front of people at all. But Casey's major meditation meditative personality major they in, in that kind of way it does not mean that they're not ever up in front of people but there's a different bent to them but many of us have not really said what kind of bent do i really flow in and then begin to uh, appreciate really what we are and again it goes to this when you can't love yourself you're not going to love your neighbor 
And I have found a key to success, a key to life, is learn how to examine yourself so that you're not a comparison to everybody else and that you're able to walk in that lane that God has called you to run in. We're talking about running in the God lane. Learn how to rejoice in yourself. Learn how to love yourself. Learn how to say, man, I will love my neighbor as I love myself. Amen. Come on, shout it out, huh? Yeah. So I just love that. So we, and of course, the number one part there is we love our God. We love God with all that is within us. God is above all. And that we really keep that in the priority. Because if you cannot love yourself, if you do not love God. And so let me, I say that, I hope that you always recognize there's this place that really coming before the Father God and saying, God, you know, I'm having a challenge with me. I'm having a challenge with me, and I know that you do love me. I mean, I believe you do. I think there's a whole bunch of reasons why maybe you shouldn't. But they say, you say, your Bible says, so help me see what you see. Help me see what you see, God. Because you knew my frame. You knew who I are, who I would be. You knew the bent of my life. You knew the, the struggles and the challenges that I would be. You know what I would come out in this point in my life. You know that. You love me. You have a plan and a purpose. So help me. As you get down low, you say, Father, help me to see what you see. And maybe you should do this every single morning for the next, just time, that whatever time you need of you're saying, Father, let me see what you see. Let me see what you see. Let me see what you see. Because if you and I, you and I, I put myself in the same place because as the seasons of life continue on, there's time again that the devil wants to come in again and just steal the ground that I have won in these areas. The devil wants to come always to steal, kill, and destroy from you, to steal who you are, to steal the value, to, to steal the, that what you're doing in life. And so again, you have to reprioritize. You have to re-go into this place with God and say, whoa, need to be reminded reminded need to be reminded I, I just I may I just let it get a little bit weak and seeing myself as you see me so I need to be reminded because I found myself being a little bit jealous of somebody I found myself not loving my neighbor like I really really know that really you would want me to do and that was gave me a little bit of a sign that I've allowed myself not to see me as you want me to see me because if I was seeing me the way you wanted me to see me I could love my neighbor and I would not be having put put them off. I would not be jealous of them. It's a good little whoops. You check some, some some things out. Amen. Okay, so love yourself, and then we go on to number two because I am going to try to actually give you real one, two, and three in this thing. Number two, this to me is I'm going to put it this way: live your life as an influencer for sure. Learn to live your life as an influencer. Be a person that decides, I am salt and light on this earth. I am the voice of a loving, gracious, giving Savior. I am that voice, and I will be an influencer everywhere I go. I will be that influencer. I will be that light. I will have that voice. In the midst of darkness, I will be an influencer. Now, that does not mean... That does not mean you get a big old sign. You're going to hell. That does not mean you're going to hell, you dirty old world, you. Your sin's going to get you. How horrible is that? 
It says in Romans that people are one to him by goodness and by his great love. Man, we people are one to Jesus by great love. See, so when I say to you and I as believing, powerful, courageous women of God, when I say decide that you're going to be an influencer, decide that you're going to be the voice that speaks the goodness and the grace of God, be, be the one that decides that in the midst of challenge, I'm going to pray for that particular need that comes up. Be the one that's the voice of, that says, you know, I'm just going to be that, that sweet, silent grace of God at all times. I mean, how many times have you walked by somebody in your workplace and you, and you know that their life is falling apart? You know they're having problems with your child, their children. You know they're having challenges in their marriage. You know that their, their identity is very confused in their life. You know, it's not hard to walk by, pat them on the shoulder, and as you go, pray the Holy Ghost all over them. You don't have to say a word. Just do a little tap, tap. Man, you just got them as you were walking on by. I got hands that bring the healing power of God. And I'm going to use them in every way possible as I just touch them on the back. As I'm just going to speak the word of God. I'm going to, as I walk by there, thank you, Father God, you touched their life. And, and you speak at times too, but many times we, we miss out on the kindness and the sweetness of just being that Christian. Being that light in a darkness. Just to decide, I am going to be that person that, that just is kind and thoughtful and giving and smiles. And when there is a need that you say, you know, I'll pray for that. You know, Jesus wants to touch that. And, and that you just, and you don't have to overplay your hand all the time. I think if we, you and I as believers would learn how to be influencers. And I say, learn the game of spiritual tennis. You and I in the body of Christ want to learn the game of spiritual tennis. And, it's, and when you're with people that you live with all of your life, you know, you're, because generally we have the same kind of people that we're going to, we're going to really be in life with them. Our neighbors, people that we have in our feet, the, the game fields, the people that we have in our job, the people that we have in our family life. There's the same people, the people that you see at the grocery store because you go repetitively to the same places, right? And those are the people that you learn to play I call it the easy game of tennis. I don't think that we want to play hard tennis with all those people. No slamming down the net. You know, I mean, bam, you know, no, 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 because you don't need to, because you're going to be there again. Since you're going to be there again, you learn how to play the game of tennis. So say you're at the store. Say you're at your job. Say you're at a family event. Say the things are going on. And somebody says, man, I have really not been feeling good. Okay, they say something to that effect. Or they say, man, you're really looking good. There's many times they give that like a little avenue that you go, oh, they just said something that gives me a possibility of saying something in a God fashion. Okay, Do you, are you with me? In a God fashion. So you decide. You just say something. You know, like, man, I haven't been feeling good. Say, wow, you know, Jesus would love to heal you. Okay, now what you just did by that statement is you lobbed the ball into their court. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, now it's their job what happens now. And many of us Christians, instead of letting them lob the ball back, we just played one ball, bam, 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 bam. And they're like, boing. Get out of the way. Here she comes in. 
and they just want to get away from us instead of that we have a kindness and we lure them in to the love of God. Learn to be an influencer. And so when you see them, and if they do not hit that ball back into your court, say they don't, they don't bring up, they, don't, they like go, oh, hey, well, what have you been doing with your hair lately? They change the subject. Let them change it. Because you're going to see them again. See, we forget. We're going to see them again. But decide, I'm an influencer every time. And I'm going to look for opportunities every time. I'm going to pray and believe for divine moments every time. When I'm at my job, when I'm in the play fields, when I'm in my class at school, when I'm being, wherever you live your life, you believe for the influence moments that you and I as strong, courageous women. And the thing about that is this is also the thing in the process in my life that I determined. So say I have a moment with somebody in that way that I have a talk and I, and I kind of lob the ball in and, and you know maybe they don't lob the ball back or maybe they do but I kind of it doesn't really go very well there's nothing wrong with not being perfect in your tennis game you know because I mean hey I'm a newbie you know I mean sometimes I mean I, if I went out and played real tennis whoa I'd have that ball all over the place but I don't stop just because the ball didn't go identical to where I wanted to hit it Because the Holy Spirit is the one that will take the words that you and I say. And the Holy Spirit is the one that in the middle of the night or in the middle of a discussion or the middle of some situation, boom, pop them right back up. You and I do not have that ability to bring them back up. But you pray as you walk away, go... Sometimes I've walked away from, you know, being an influencer and went, Oh, God, that was really stupid. I did a really bad job. And I'm reminded, Oh, really? Now, stop for a moment. Can you improve next time? Is it, was it your tone? Were you too forceful? Did you, like, overplay your hand? Ask yourself a couple questions. Go, yeah, next time I'm going to do this and this a little bit better. But don't go down that judgment, I did such a bad job. But you can, you can improve. You can decide to get a little bit better. But if when it really starts to get on you, you know, you're really feeling bad, you're really feeling stupid, you really feel like you should have done better, say, whoa, 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 thinking. Let me just tell you right now, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, right now I'm going to just press into you because I'm feeling like I kind of blew it. And I'm so grateful that even when I feel I kind of blew it, that you're bigger than my blow it. I big it that you say, you say, the Bible says, love covers a multitude of missed the marks. Isn't that what it says? Come on now, if you know the Bible, it says love covers a multitude of missed the marks. So right then, just begin to pray. I just say, Father God, thank you that right now I just speak. Thank you, Father, that your love covers the multitude of I missed the marks. And I'm going to believe right now that your word will work within that situation. God, help me in that situation. Help that person in that situation. Holy Ghost. And I just, I just will guarantee, I just, I think it's amazing how the, how the devil takes us down a pathway of failure when the spirit of God, just like that guy in the car, just like that prophet in the car, when he got out of the car, he felt failure, failure, failure. It was not a failure. It was a success. See, be careful because we many times let the devil judge our, what we did. 
devil judge. And I have to remember, we had this one amazing teacher one time that came and she was teaching at Celebrate and Rachel um, Birchfield. And she said, she said, when I get done doing things in my life, you know, you can always hear the applause of people. Well, you hope you can. I mean, I'm a third child. I need, I love the applause. <laughs> Okay, thank you. I feel better now. And that is really nice. I do not, I don't discredit that. But the real applause that you and I as believers need to really go for is, God, okay, Father, how did I do in that situation? And the Holy Spirit, there's that, there's that applause. There's that applause. I, I cannot tell you how many times that I have walked away because, you know, I'm such a loud mouth that I could, you know, that ball, that playing tennis man, I have, I have slammed some balls in a few times, you know, and felt really bad about the way I did it. You know, my influence factor was, whoa, way off the kilter, you know. And so I have felt bad about it, and I really need to go to God. God, I just failed. I was so silly. I was over the, I just was horrible. And, and the, I said, wait a minute. And I remember that story. I remember many times I said, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to try to be quiet for a moment. And Holy Spirit, will you just talk to me about that? Just kind of like whatever. And all of a sudden, I literally, I, 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 that whole thing comes back to me. And all of a sudden, I hear this. I'm gonna, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, thanks, God. Thanks, God. You like me. <laughs> he does. He does. And, you know, when you are willing to step out of your, your boat, and you're willing to get better at it. And you know what? I've had to practice and practice and practice because I determined the first time that I went street witnessing, I was in Bible school. So I was in Bible school and we went street witnessing because we had to. So I'm from Wenatchee and, they, and the first time I went street witnessing, I went to the streets of the University of Washington. Talk about intimidation. I was always, I mean, that, that it scared the jeebies out of me. These college people, I was one, but I didn't feel like when I'm wearing my homemade dress, I made all my clothes at that point. And so I'm wearing my long homemade dress, my long hair down to here. And I was just like, hello, how are you doing? You know, I didn't know what to do. And so I had a senior with me and I'm walking, I'm walking the streets and we're handing out, you know, get saved. You know, I don't know what it said, but something. And this one person stopped and they said, what's it say? And I went, I am not joking you. when I say not one word came out of my mouth, me, not one word came out of this mouth. I was absolutely terrified. I was terrified. And I never said a word. I, my partner, the senior, came up and they said, oh, well, this is about, and they went all into about what it was and came in and tried to save me. And then the fun thing was, is that the person that I had given it to, they said, you know what? I'm actually a Christian. Yay. Thanks, God. You know, because I froze. And you and I will always have moments of freeze. We'll have, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. But can I just say doing anything is better than so many Christians that are walking the earth today. So many Christians are just being silent in every realm of their life. They're proud of the fact that no one even knows they are a Christian where they work. Really? Do we really want to be proud that no one knows that we're a lover of Jesus Christ, that we've been blood-bought, that we're saved, that we're going to heaven, that we've got eternity, and they're going to hell and going to burn? <laughs> well, they are. I'm like, 
I'm just saying, if they're not saved, I'm like, that just motivates me. How many of you remember the name Lester Summerall? Does anyone remember the name Lester Summerall? My goodness, he tells a story of a dream that he had. He said he had a dream. And in the dream, in my, term, in my interpretation of the dream, he sat there and he, was, he watched the, the cliff and people just were falling off the cliff into fire. People, hundreds of thousands. And there was an unstoppable of, just stream of people falling over. And in his dream, he kept saying, stop, stop, stop. What's going on? How can I cannot help them? He said, those people do not know Jesus. What are you going to do about it? Those people do not know Jesus. You and I live in the least churched area on the map of America. People don't know Jesus here. Now, at least you guys are at least a little bit in God country on this side of the map over on my side of the map. But I got to tell you, it's not that much better. We don't, every, every day that you and I walk out of our door, we are going to meet somebody that does not know Jesus. And so as I talk to all you courageous, powerful women, you know, I teach you first, yes, love yourself. But you know what? If, if you don't ever learn how to love yourself, so what if you get somebody saved? I mean, you know, when you put it into the proper priority i mean like so that you always feel insecure so that you always feel bad so that you don't have victory over depression so that you have certain things i'm like well did you get anybody saved yes okay success i mean when you walk into heaven jesus is not going to say are you still depressed You know, I mean, we want to live a life of great light and great freedom on this earth. But the more important thing is that you and I really get this this revelation. There's people that need me to live bigger than just my own needs. Man, I can go there. I just, sometimes I just go there. I just, I just feel that, that, that thing inside of me that just drives me. Okay, number three, let me continue on. These are things that I could, like maybe I should give you a scripture on, um, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. <laughs> number three, personally learn how to live as an authentic Christian. Be authentic. Be honest. You know, talk real. You know, so many, we, we, we kind of get into this, this place and, and there's an, a falseness about who we are as Christians. We're not perfect. We don't have everything all lined up in a row. You know, sometimes we like, oh, well, I need to know everything. Why do you need, why do we have that silly thought that as a Christian, we're supposed to know everything? That we're supposed to know every, every scripture. Where do we get such a silly thought that stops us? I mean, I cannot tell you how many times. I mean, even today I said, where's that scripture? Somebody tell me. I mean, I hope that you didn't all of a sudden discredit me as a teacher because I didn't know where the scripture was. You know, but you discredit yourself in life often because, well, I have to know all these things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to be authentic as a lover of Jesus Christ. Be authentic in who you are as a person that has your own challenges of life. And you're not afraid to let any, in a sense, you're not afraid of the challenges. You're not afraid to be real. But there's an author that we're, that we're real as people. And I think in, in our political realm, I think that you, we see how pe- we're hungering in the political realm 
realm for people to be real. But I believe that there's a place in all of us as, as being Christians that let's be authentic. Let's be real. When you're challenged with something, say to a person, say, well, honestly, I'm challenged with that. Well, why? And say, well, you know, I'm not actually at the place I really have a full understanding to be able to bring it to a discussion point, but I'm not really comfortable with all that's being said. See, instead of going, <laughs> I don't know what to say. And if I say anything, they'll all challenge me. Just say, no, I don't know how to, ha- I don't want to have a debate with you. I'm just saying that I'm not fully uh, comfortable. Yeah. Well, if you can't say that, if you don't know what you're going to say, say, yes, I can. I can tell you and see, have authentic conversation, but you don't have to be defensive. You don't have to slap somebody in their face, but we have to learn how to have conversations that have a realness to them. Say, you know, I'm just, I just, I'm just telling you, I'm just being, you know, I'm like just being honest and say, well, what does the Bible say about that? Say, well, honestly, I can't really quote all the scriptures to you, but I can tell you what Jesus has done for me. See that there's an authenticity about us that we're real in our our relationship. I said, see, man, I, I I was I was sad, I was depressed, I had challenges in my life. Now I'm not telling you that ev- that every single day of my life I don't have challenges, but the comparison is there's no comparison. There, the, the reality of what I was and what I have today, there's such a realness of God within me. See, you and I begin to have the conversations with people around us in our life and in our world, world but there's a realness about who we are you know that oh man jesus loves me and jesus loves you and it has set me free inside well i don't want to be set free inside you know like so what that's okay and don't be up don't be frustrated if if a person slaps your being real to them in your face just decide it's okay you know i mean we sing that song in church though none go with me still i will follow no turning back. No turning back. And man, as Christians are all the time, turn it back. Whoa. Whoa, they don't like me. They don't like me. And then we come to church. No turning back. No turning back. Whoa. Come on. We got to start being stronger as his women. Being real as his women, not perfect, not knowing everything, you know, but there's a, there's just like, oh no, I love Jesus. And when a person says, well, tell me, well, tell me what the Bible has to say. Well, you know, I have to say when a person ever has that attitude towards me, I'll say, well, why don't you open up your Bible and you read it? Will you tell me, say, there you go. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I don't debate with people that just are mean. I say, find out yourself when people say, when people ask me, tell me what the Bible says about that, I always ask the question, well, have you read it? Well, no. Well, read the book. I mean, you have this attitude towards me, and you want me to prove something that you're unwilling to even read a simple portion of it. Read it yourself. I mean, anyway, way, you know me. I'm like... Yeah, you know, okay, so anyway, okay, so let me see. And then I'm going to say, oh, you know, I have no idea. I get so confused about time because like me, I just misamplified. You know, I would just keep teaching until it was 12 o'clock and, you know, we'd all be, you're you're all sleeping. No, you don't clap. (laughs) I know that you did not. Okay, but what, what time was it? Huh? Okay, so I'm going to tell, oh, good. I got a couple more minutes so we can pray. And number, number four, be a person of faith. Hebrews 11, just read Hebrews 11, that we are people of faith. 
that when you, when you, you can't, you, I'll just read this one particular scripture since you're all, you wrote that one down. But let me read you this, Hebrews 11, verse 6. It's, it's just, man, the Bible is so amazing in its gifts and promises to us. But it says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Decide that you are going to be a woman that really decides, I'm a faith woman. I call, it says in Romans to call those things to be not as though they are. We need people that will begin to really press in and believe for things that you do not see. But we believe that our God that is bigger than all is the creator of all, is the one that is, has the hand of miracle all around him, is the one that has made the plan that by his stripes we are healed. That you and I decide, I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk with trusting in God's word. When I was, uh, when we were first pastoring the church and, and, uh, people and all my life, people would call me the little mother. I was just, you know, I always, t- I loved to, you know, take care and be in charge of everything, you know? So here I'm married and seven years have gone by six years, actually at this point had gone by. And we were in a very negative child environment where people were like, you can't have kids. You can't have kids. If you have kids, um, they'll all go to hell. It's not going to work. Look at the examples. And it was a very negative, very discipleship group at the beginning of our Christian life that we are involved in and it was not positive and so some things that happened around us in our life and I had one of those moments again that I talked about earlier today about getting with God for a length of time and getting with God for a length of time does things that you you just can't replace I mean I, I believe in it says in first Thessalonians to pray without ceasing and I believe in that I believe that we should pray all the time at any time at wherever we are and that whenever there's a need boom 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 conversation with God should be an ongoing conversation but there is something about in your life at times that you must take a, a special time with God and and you just have have to put away stuff and, and press into God. And there's no legal law of when and how and why. And, and sometimes when people declare, we're going to pray extra this month, I'm like, well, that's good. But that really actually wasn't necessarily personal for you, okay? But personal for you, this was a moment in my life that I, I had a lot of stuff happening around me. Nothing seemed to be just working right. You know, tying the shoes, they weren't lacing right. Things were not working around me. And, and, and so I, I just, this one afternoon, me and God, I just started praying. And, uh, and, and I just, you know, having this conversation, just praying. And, and, I, and again, it was in, in a different house than the, than the house with the girlfriend. And it was in my our first house that we had bought. And it was a little tiny little front room that I had. And I, I remember just walking in the front room and praying and talking to God about my life and about stuff that didn't seem to be lining up well. So I began to go through the process of what do, what do I need to do about this? And what do I need to do about that? And God talked to me about this. And then at the very end, and probably I have to say at least a couple hours had gone by, and I just had a really good long time with God and singing, and and you know it's great to sing when nobody can hear you, and uh, you know just sing anything, dance, you know, and dance before the, have a fun time with God, and, and so then I said at the very end, I said, God, is there something that you have been wanting to say to me, and I haven't heard it, you know, you've said it, but I'm not hearing it, and just like that, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, Yeah, time to have kids. Boom, time to have kids. <laughs> really? <laughs> really, God? Because I wanted them, but I was so afraid. And I said, but God, 
what, 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 how, what, 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 what if I fail? What, how do I get through this fear? And just like that, the Spirit of the Lord said, you walk by faith. You have your children by faith. You succeed in your marriage. He didn't, this was where I will continue on. This is what, he stopped with kids, but I'm going to continue on. You have your marriage by faith. You believe God for those things that be not as though they are. You believe God for a healing in your body it, that is not there, but you say, by faith, I call those things that be not as though they are. That does not mean that you cannot do the natural things to be smart. I'm not saying that. When you have a marriage challenge, man, get a good marriage book pray, and get, get some conversation going or get in a good marriage class and get some conversation going. It doesn't mean you don't do other things, but you use your faith and you call into existence and that is that that is not there and so i when, when god said that to me i'm like what what he said have your children by faith you believe god you'll do everything you know and then you call those things to be not i do not know what to do i do not know how to deal with this i do not know how to do the situation just right you live and you walk by faith when I got that revelation, boom, Casey came home. I said, I've been praying this afternoon and I have some that I thought to share with you. And he said, well, what is it? And I said, I believe we're supposed to have children and boom, popped out of his mouth. And I believe we'd have two boys and a girl. Boom. Just like that. I said, done two boys and a girl on their way. <laughs> Took a while, but we got them. <laughs> and we raised them by faith. We raised them when they were, when there was disobedience, when there was junk going on. And still, I mean, it's not like they just all of a sudden, I mean, there's still situations in life that we have to, it's not like it ended just because they moved out of our home in the sense of, you know, pressing in faith for them, you know, that we press in faith, that we believe God for things that we cannot see that seem impossible. We women have to learn how to walk by faith, not by sight. We have to determine that we say, what does the Bible have to say about this situation that I'm dealing with? What does the Bible have to say? Do you know what the Bible has to say about emotions? Do you know what the Bible has to say about your sadness, about grief? Because we will all go through grief. We will all have death in our life, and yet we, the church, don't treat it often any different than the world does. We allow ourselves to go down into the pits of despair instead of going by faith. What does the Word of God have to say? And then using my faith. When my father died, I had such grief when he died. It was instant. He just died. I got a phone call. He was gone, just like that. I had no preparation for the that he was gone, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I was felt like the tidal wave, the tsunami came in and took me out with it. And I was full of grief and grief was so strong in my life. And I was so sad. I mean, I was just, I would randomly just start bursting into tears and just, and there was just such heaviness on my life. And my, my daughter at the time says, Tasha says, mommy, are, are you going to be okay? You know, mommy, are you going to be okay? And I said, I will be okay. Mommy's not okay right now, but I will be because I spoke faith. No, I was not at the moment, but I was going to be. When they, when they said, when you got cancer, I had thyroid cancer. When you got cancer, well, you better know I'm going to call those things to be not as though they are. They cut it out. Boom. I didn't have to do nothing else but have that cancer cut out and get blood work every year. And I'm good. You know, I'm well. 
I'm well because what we we call those things that be not as though they are. I want to give you enough. That, like there's a lot. I mean, I've been through a lot of life situations where the tidal wave wanted to knock me over. The tidal wave wants to knock you over. But you and I, as women of God, we have got to decide. No, no. No, devil, you do not get to win. No, you do not get to knock me down. Come, you say that. See, let's be women that there are going to be things that push on you. Do not think that you are immune to tidal waves. Do not think that things will not come against you. Do not think that you will not get, I call that the negative phone calls of this earth. It will happen and you have to decide. You have to decide. What lane will I run in? What lane will I run in? And I so want to encourage you to run in the lane of faith. To run in the lane of faith. To run in this place of being an overcomer. To run in this place of having more than, 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 than the world will offer you. You press in. You press in. How many of you, I'm just saying this, how many of you decide, oh yeah, that's me? How many of you say, oh yeah, that's me? Come on. Is that you or not? Come on. Is that you or not? You're not lazy sitting here, are you? I'm the one working up here. How many of you got a hand? How many of you will declare, I am that. I am that. I am that woman. I am that woman. I know some of you are meditators. You go, can I think about it for a minute? You just told me a few minutes ago your sister gets to think about it. Can I not think about it? No, not now. I'm pressing you in, you know, this is just, this is just that place to say, oh no, I'm going to be a woman of faith. Put your Bibles down. I'm going to woman, I'm a woman of faith. I call those things to be not as though they are. I call those things to be not as though they are. There's miracles right here as we call those things to be not as though they are. And there's something, go ahead and put your stuff down and stand up. When we call those things to be not as though they are, can I encourage you with this right here? The Bible said, believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible says that. So I believe what the Bible has to say. And there's people right here in this room. You have all different kinds of sicknesses that have been going on in your life. There's all different kinds of brokenheartedness that's been going on in your life. There's women in this room that want children and they yet have not been able to conceive. They're married. They're believing God. And that there's women on the other side of wanting children. And you're going through the season of life and your body is going through all kinds of turmoil and tribulation. That is not the best that God has to offer for us as mighty women of God. There are women in here that you have been diagnosed with incurable type of situations in your body. Maybe not unto quick death, but they are problems that bring pain and adversity into your body. And that is not what God wants us to have. And so can I encourage us right now? I want us to get in the lane of faith. I want us to get in that place of the lane of faith. And maybe you have never really pressed in yourself. Maybe you've been a part of, you've watched others press in. But I'm going to ask every one of us to do something tonight. Maybe for some of you the first time. And that is to press in with faith and believe for that person that's standing next to you. It says the believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover.
They shall recover. There's brokenness in this in this room. There's 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 a need of healing in this room. There's a miracle power needed to touch the life. And maybe not them individually, but maybe they go, No, my husband needs a miracle. My child needs a miracle, but they have a miracle need in their family life. And we're not going to communicate it all, but what I would like you to do right now is go, Yep, I get it. I see you exactly where she's going. And there's I'm gonna believe for that right now. And what I'm gonna ask us now right now is to ignite the spirit of faith in this room right now. And igniting that spirit of faith, will you take the hand of the person standing next to you? And to me, this is laying hands on one another. This is laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is that moment of time that instead of me calling up all the different areas of need of healing, I say, man, come on, sisters of Christ. We rise up and we say, oh no, I'm a faith walking woman. I'm a faith walking woman and I will pray for that person on my right and on my left. Begin to speak life right now. Come on, speak life into that amazing sister that's standing next to you. Speak life, speak healing. If you know what's going on in that person's life, you know, really zero in. If you don't know, hopefully you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you can pray in the Holy Ghost over him for a moment. Father, we're praying one for another. Father, we're praying life into our sisters all around us. Father, we speak a wholeness in our sisters. We come against the brokenness that the devil has tried to bring in those open wounds. And we speak a a healing that's stitching up. Holy Spirit, stitch up that wound by by your gentleness, by your healing power, by the spirit of forgiveness being released in this room. Father, I just speak a wound, a a healing that's going forth. But God, also we pray for supernatural miracles that that, that, that the devil has tried to cut people's lives short in this room by having death diseases in their body. And right now we speak against death diseases. We say you may not, you may not live and abide in our sister's body, but we press you out by faith. We call, we call healing into this area. We speak a wholeness into this area in the name of Jesus. Come on, just continue to speak life and love over your sister. And maybe across the whole room, as you begin to speak for women across the room right now, begin to speak that wholeness. Begin to speak children in the womb. Father, we believe that those that are married in this room that are believing for children, God, we speak a miracle of birth. We speak a miracle of everything working to correctly align themselves. But God, I also add into that the miracle of adoption in this room. I speak the miracle of adoption and working and and just amazing things happening from that. I speak over that next season of life that some of the women in this room have been going through in the change of life and the mood changes and their body changes. I speak a redeeming from that curse and a wholeness in their body that instead of emotions going up and down and all the problems, God, I speak a stability in them in Jesus name. Father, we thank you. And we praise you for the power of your love and your goodness right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Father, I just thank you and I praise you. And I just speak, God, a healing over some of the wounds of the past. 
God, I just feel the darkness and the sadness of the wounds of the past of being a victim and not really being able to rise up out of that. But I come against that victim and I speak a strength rising up in each of us as women that we become like you, God, that we can walk an authentic life, that we get in the lane that you've called us to walk in, that we are people that hear your word and walk in the power of your word. And now lift up holy hands and just begin to honor and worship your King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Come on, begin to honor and praise him with a loud voice, speaking praise unto him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you and we praise you. God, we honor you this night. We call you King of Kings. We call you Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you are more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for your peace that you give each and every one of us. And we just say thank you for your more than enough. We love you this night. Now we said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me, before I sit down, do one more thing. Can I have you stretch your hand towards Shelby? I just, we just love her. And Father, let's just pray over. Father, we just thank you and praise you, God, for the dream and the vision that you put within this quiet woman that has been called to roar to really lead in this area, to lead in this region. And we just we just cover her right now with favor and increase, with strength from you. God, I just thank you and I praise you with creativity and vision of what you have for her. But God, I also believe for those hands around her that you've called to lift up and to be a part of the team of serving this area for you. And I just speak a more than enough, a blessing upon each and every one of them, favor and increase, God. And, and we're not satisfied with this this number, God, but next year, let's double and triple of reaching women in this area for you. Father, we thank you and we praise you for Pastor Shelby. We call her blessed. We call her healed. We call her more than enough. In Jesus' name, 